This is episode 16 of A Chosen People podcast, with special guest Joseph Carlson on his testimony as a disciple. Welcome to A Chosen People podcast. My name is Lou Obatero, and every Tuesday I share with you conversations I have with disciples from all around the world on how young disciples like myself can live a life worthy of God what they've learned from personal experiences, and pieces of advice they have for my generation. Together, we explore solutions to modern-day problems and what it truly means to live chosen. On today's episode, I have a discussion with Joseph Carlson, member of the worship team at the Triangle Church of Christ in North Carolina. Joseph and I discussed his reasons for studying the Bible, what drove him to repent from his sins, how his friends reacted to his baptism, and lessons that he's learned. Okay, so on today's episode, I have here uh, Joseph Carlson from North, from Greenville, North Carolina, the church where my family, my my dad and my brother are currently going to. Do you want to say a quick? <laughs> All right. So today's topic uh, is pretty much just you know your testimony and uh, going through it, going through how you came about, uh, you know, finding Christ and uh, getting baptized, getting through your Bible studies. Before that, of course. And uh, really just developing your initial and your current relationship with God. So mm-hmm. um, before all that, though, I just wanted to ask, uh, you know, for, for those that don't exactly know who Joseph Carlson is, uh, can you just tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. So I've I've been around a bit. I'm a, currently I, I, I work in the IT industry. Uh, once again, here in North Carolina, I've lived all over the U.S., from Georgia to uh, Indiana, West Virginia, Minnesota. I've, I've been a, I've been a few places, and uh, mm-hmm. I've uh, been out of college. Mm. What was your college experience like? Oh, it was uh, it was a great time. I, I went to Purdue University over in West Lafayette, Indiana. Uh, made, yeah, made some. Uh, My mom went there as well. Oh. Well, initially, of course, and then she went to uh, American University. Well, it's uh, no, I, I made some great friends there that uh, I still keep in contact with, and I've really helped shape who I am today. Mm-hmm. So, like I said before, you know, we'll be talking about your your testimony, and to start it off, I just wanted to ask you this first question. So, what do you feel like your childhood view was on Christianity? Yeah, so I, I, I grew up believing in God. You know, that, 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 was, that was never in question, necessarily. You know, my, I, I, I would you know, try to go to church on Sundays with, uh, with, with my folks. And I 
you know, thought I was a good person. Uh, I, you know, I, I did all the <laughs> right things. You know, I went to the Sunday school. Maybe a little little impersonal, it, it felt it's, it's sometimes, just in how, uh, okay, you go to church on Sunday and then the rest of the week, maybe not as much stuff happens. But you know, I, I never doubted in God's existence. So you always grew up with Christian values and just, you know, mm-hmm. pretty much just being indoctrinated and understanding it from the get-go. Yeah, I, and uh, I, I thought I knew it pretty well. Did you have any times where you maybe doubted or you weren't like feeling um, God around you or was it always just, you know, you felt close to him? I'd say that, uh, especially as a child and you know, growing up, I, I, I always felt pretty close. You know, things didn't start to get uh, interesting until uh, college, I'd say, where you know, finally out on your own for the first time and can make your own decisions where no one's going to force you to go to church if you don't want to necessarily. So. Yeah. That was something I realized too when I got to USF. It was like, I was like, oh wow, like I'm actually going to these devotionals and, you know, events and stuff, not just because, you know, my parents are telling me or whatever. Like, well, sorry, well, they weren't even telling me anymore. I was having to make those decisions on my own. I was kind of just a, a, a pioneer in my own land a little bit mm-hmm. uh, in, in new territory and making those decisions without the influence of, you know, somebody else or like the coercion really helped me I think to even build my faith up even more because I was making those decisions for myself yeah and uh, I, I felt the same way and so I, I made it a goal to you know keep going to church as I started out as a freshman and I, I was I was living you know in a dorm on campus you know by myself I was just trying to figure out okay well how does this whole college thing work now that I'm on my own what's what do I do yeah I mean around that time you know with the, the church that I had grown up in I noticed that the church uh, was different at a college campus. To me, it didn't seem like they cared as much about you know, following the scriptures. Th- there were some values that I I had been raised in and I had been taught, and I, I saw that, uh, frankly, the people in the church were teaching the exact opposite. And when I would ask them, "Why is this going on? What are you? Why are you doing this?" And they said, "Well, you're not supposed to judge." And so, mm-hmm. so I, I was uh, left in a quandary of, "Hey." You know, do I just ignore it and you know, keep going to church that I was raised in? Or do I try and figure things out on my own? And it, it was just the kind of situation that I, I had no power and I couldn't I, I couldn't really affect the change that you know, needed to happen there. And uh, so once again, given that choice of do I follow you know, my understanding of the Bible or do I follow the church? And in this instance, I decided to actually leave the church. We'll leave that specific church, right? Yeah. I see. I see. Uh, when, when was it that you got baptized? I was baptized on September 16th, 2015. Four days at, four days before I got baptized. Yeah. It's, a, it's funny how that works, right? And it, it feels kind of good, right? It's like half a decade, a little bit. It's a bit of a shock sometimes, but it, yeah, it does feel good. It doesn't feel that long ago, but then again, it's like, huh, it's over five years ago. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. All right. So the question that I was going to ask, you know, like, uh, of course, you know, following that one was what exactly made you want to study the Bible and get baptized? Yeah. So as far as, uh, you know, when it came to studying the Bible, maybe uh, a few months after I left the uh, church that I was raised in, I, I'd been trying I've been trying everything at that point, you know, from the uh, crew, uh, but I, I, I tried going to all these things and just 
nothing really felt right. So it wasn't until January my freshman year, regardless. I was walking down the street by myself, and there's these two guys walking in the opposite direction. And you know, in, it's Indiana in the wintertime. It's, it's cold. And uh, you you just got to get to where you need to be. And uh, in fact, I might have even been listening to some music with headphones in. Doesn't stop them. They, they, they see me, they stop me. And uh, <laughs> now they pull me aside and hey. And uh, so I bought my headphones and uh, turns out these two guys are saying, hey, we, we got this uh, this church group, this Bible study going on. When, you know, we ended up talking about a half hour out there in the cold about God, my situation, you know, about how I just left the church and was looking for something. And so they said, well, hey, you know what? Why, why don't the three of us just sit down and just study the Bible together? Mm-hmm. And it, because I was in the mood of already just trying anything, I said, you know what? Why not? Just off of their initial welcoming behavior. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I, I was just I was just trying to find some place. I, I, I was I was looking because, you know, I, I've been trying to fill that void that you know, since leaving that church I've been racing. That, that, that's a big decision. I figured, you know what? Hey, you know, I'm sure these guys, these guys seem seem okay and so uh that next week i ended up meeting up with them for my first bible talk now the funny thing is i slightly misunderstood them when they asked me mm-hmm. i thought that it was going to be okay the three of us are going to mutually you know just try and help each other grow so coming into the study seeing that they had a lesson plan out for me it's like oh oh okay this is what it's about oh like you're helping me you're only teaching me i'm the student in this situation <laughs> yeah and let me tell you i, I was uh, i was pretty prideful person back then. My, my pride you know, would definitely come up later in the studies. You know, we, we, uh, we ended up studying the Bible for, you know, for a few weeks and, you know, I was I was doing it more, I feel like, for the intellectual side of things rather than to try and, because I remember uh, we did a study on sin. To understand my own sin and what is, what is the weight of that and what does that mean to me, uh, they had asked me to come up with a list of my own sins to do some homework, I guess. Well, let me tell you, I. I didn't really want to think too hard about that, and <laughs> my uh, my way of thinking on sin was, you know, sin's ugly. Sin, you know, if if God's already died for us, then why talk about sin? Why worry about sin? Because hey, you know, it's already taken care of. So don't don't even worry about that. Just kind of sweep that under the bridge. And then uh, you know, when we got to that study, they asked me, well, so, so hey, did, did you uh, write out a list of your own sins? It's like, oh, to tell you the truth, guys, I didn't really give it much thought. And they're like, well, you know what? Then we're not going to study <laughs> if you're going to if you're not going <laughs> to put in the effort. And so that kind of slapped me in the face of, well, these guys must be serious. That next week, I thought of a few sins that I might have done, and and I wrote it down at some point. I, I still didn't get it, but I, at least I was starting to think about it at that point. I guess one one thing that uh, I really did learn from that study that really did impact me was uh, the word of repentance. That was something that I never got. I, I never really understood that word before. What do you feel like was your definition of repentance before you had that enlightenment? Right. Yeah. The way I thought of repentance before was uh, just, oh, I'm sorry. You know, hey, you know, I repent. I'm sorry, man. Like it was just covering the bases sort of so that you wouldn't get punished. Not like a sincere relational thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it, yeah. It, it was. It kind of felt like a superficial word. Where it's like, okay, hey, you know, I'm sorry, hey, I repent, you know, my bad. But to get into the bit of the Greek, now the uh, the word there is metanoia, changing of the mind is what that means, quite literally. It's a process of change of realizing, hey, you know, I can't keep thinking about that sin in the same way. 
I'm gonna change my mind. You know, it's this process of change, and I'm gonna come out of this thinking about that sin in a new way. Not just saying I'm sorry, but just thinking about the way in a whole different light. And that was a, that was a whole new concept to me. While you were studying, do you, did you have any like misconceptions about God or about the Bible besides, of course, you know, how repentance works? Uh, did you have any misconceptions like that before your studies or during your studies? Well, I mean, yeah, like for one thing, I didn't understand repentance, right? But uh, I never really understood the full, I guess, personality of it to me. To kind of just relate to God being, oh, he died for my sins. Yeah, I knew that. I know that. But it's just, you know, it was something that was tough to just kind of put my own sins on that cross and to realize, hey, that's something that God did for me. I think it takes time to settle in. Do you feel like you've reached that point yet where it's where, where I guess the, the depth of um, God's, uh, the, the depth of Jesus's sacrifice like really actually has hit you? I mean, it's a, it's a huge sacrifice that uh, Jesus did for us. And, you know, if I'm honest, you know, the full weight of it might not have even hit me still to this day, but it's something that, uh, you know, I, I still go over, I read that, that story and I've seen the passion by now, of course. You know, it, it's impactful, and uh, I mean, since uh, since I made the decision to become a disciple, I've definitely put more work into that. And how far do you feel like you've come in terms of progress? In the past five years, I've I've absolutely grown, but as I'm sure you feel, there's a whole lot more to grow. Yeah, no, same here. I honestly have felt myself grow in the exact same way. I think that, like, it's funny. I'm I'm reading the Bible maybe like about. 15 or 20 minutes, you know, more than I was when I uh, first got baptized. And yet I feel like I'm understanding it more. I'm like more intrigued about what I'm reading. I'm actually realizing things, you know, putting together pieces and really overall applying things that I'm learning, like from it into my life, Mm -hmm. which I wasn't necessarily doing in the early months or even first year or so of my of, of my disciplehood. But after some time, of course, you know, it, it, it just takes time. I think to see it, it takes time, people, devotion in the Bible, those types of things to to really start to grasp what Jesus did for us back then. Yeah, and you know, it, it takes that whole mindset change of going from, okay, before disciple, this is the way I live, this is the way that you can do things. But now, now that you made that effort, uh, you know, got to start building those habits of reading that bible you know praying that's that's the whole point of having a quiet time do you feel like you still have any doubts or uh like anything unclarified from your bible studies Uh, as far as uh doubts are concerned i i've uh, i i have no doubt now i'm i'm awful i'm all in on being a disciple the funny thing is that wasn't the end of the story because not too long after that we we reached uh, the baptism study. See, I, I, I was I was okay with things, you know, I was going along with it up until we hit that point because that was where we, we hit a brick wall. I was baptized as an infant and mm-hmm. what was being taught here was, you know, that I need to be baptized, you know, repent of my sins. 
Oh, I think I know what you're gonna. Yeah, what you're gonna say. Basically, that you know, because you were baptized as a baby, you don't have to be baptized again, right? Yeah, and that, that, that was my mindset, and I was uh, saying, okay, so yeah, you know, when I was a baby, I was a sprinkle of water, and you know, the priest was there, and you know, he did all that, and hey, I mean, nowadays, you know, I I've been confirmed in the church you know, before coming over, and so I was like, okay, you know, yeah, I've, I've made the choice now, sure, but. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I, I'd never actually you know, taken a plunge of my own free will, so to speak. And believe me, we butted heads on this as well. And remember how I said I was prideful? Oh, it came out here. <laughs> and to be honest, so was the other guy that uh, you know, was studying. Uh, we, we were both pretty stubborn uh, about this. And, you know, that, that's... That's good that you it, fought back. Oh, and, uh, that he, like, matched your stubbornness. Oh, yeah. No, it, it was... Uh, it was good. Uh Afterwards, I remember uh, hearing from the other side of the story that uh, had to that the third guy in the group would have to help calm him down after our session. <laughs> it was <laughs> oh gosh, yeah, it got a little heated, but uh, no, but we, we we stayed connected and we we tried praying about this together. We even fasted at one point about this, which mm. was all, that was my first fast. It finally came to the point where I was I was given a choice: Do I want to follow the Bible? You know, as it was being laid out, you know, laid out in front of me. Or do I want to stick with with my own traditions? I'm sure you know what I picked. Bible, of course. Actually, no. Oh, oh, you mean initially? <laughs> yeah, you no. chose your own. Traditions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, here I, I chose my own traditions. Uh, yeah, See, here's where my, my story takes a fun turn. <laughs> and uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I still remember the look in their eyes, and you know, just it, it was it's kind of sad, honestly, because. Uh, yeah, we, we, we stopped seeing each other for the rest of the year. And uh, that, was, that was that. And so summertime comes. Uh, my family had just moved to Minnesota. And I say Minnesota, I mean, middle of nowhere. The nearest McDonald's is an hour away. And when I was out there, I needed to raise some money. So I ended up getting a job uh, at a local uh, poultry farm. Yeah. And uh, as luck would have it, my second day of work, the uh, barn tested positive with H5N2. Uh, the bird flu. Bird flu, yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah, that, that put a wrench in everything. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, to make a long story short, I mean, like, the USCA got involved. I mean, closely monitored to make sure that we didn't get sick and everything. They brought in people in full hazmat suits working this place. And, I mean, it, it, was, it was a mess. It, it really was. And mm-hmm. in this place, uh, to make a long story short of it, and uh, I want to say over two million birds ended up dying at this facility in the span of a few weeks because of the because yeah, of the yeah. bird flu. It, it was a nasty disease, and oh you, know, you know, right now we're having this conversation in the midst of uh, COVID. The, the ravaging of a pandemic is is unmatched, mm-hmm. and yeah, it was yeah, like I said, it, it was a mess. And guess you got to clean that all. Uh, I'll, sp- I'll spray the details, but it, it was... Uh, oh, my God. Wait, so just you? You were uh, the only person that was... No, no, no. I mean, the, like I said, they brought in truckloads of people from the USDA to help out, but two million, two million right. is a lot of birds to deal with. That's just so tragic. I feel like I would need, like, you know, a year of therapy after yeah, that. Maybe I, maybe I should have. <laughs> like, and a nice shower. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, I mean, yeah, I, I couldn't eat chicken during that time, and, you know, I'm a... Big guy, I like meat.
And so, needless to say, I was kind of in a bit of a funk that summer. On top of that, so one of the reasons why I was uh, raising money, I, I was I was in a marching band, and uh, mm-hmm. I was uh, raising money because uh, uh, the marching band actually had a trip to go to Colombia, you know, the country. Which, oh. yeah, okay. Which, you know, after working there for a while, I, I was able to raise enough money, and I was able to join the band. While I'm there, I I was doing things that I was not proud of. You know, like I went to the bars, I was drinking and stuff, and. You know, these these were things that had never really come up before. And I, I started seeing these sins pop up in my life that, you know, I was always that, you know, goody two-shoes, you know, I'll always try and do what my parents said and not, not get in any trouble. But, I, you know, I started seeing these much more obvious sins pop into my life. Like I said, I was prideful. And the thing I've learned about pride is that the more prideful you are, the less aware you are of it. Is that like a quote from somewhere? I, or? I, I don't know, <laughs> but th- that's, that, that's, <laughs> uh, if it is, I'm sorry that I'm not. No, no, that's, that's a good one. I know. I, I like it. I mean, it makes sense, but, uh, sorry, continue, continue. Go ahead. Yeah. No, but I mean, yeah, that, that's just, that's just what I've learned about pride is it. Yeah. But it's, it's, it's super obvious to everyone else. Like you, you can look at somebody like, oh yeah, that guy's so prideful, but he has no idea he's being prideful. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You know, it's it's hard to call someone on the pride in that regard because, like, what me prideful? No way. Mm. You know, that's you know, it's hard to tell. But then that summer, these more obvious sins sort of pop up that it's easy to tell right and wrong. It's like, okay, yeah, Joseph, what's going on? Why are you why are you doing this? And so I, I started, you know, started to see my sins pop out more and more here, where and I could actually start to see my own sin much more clearly. Because before that pride was just, it was a wall for me. I could not see past my own pride and I couldn't see past, you know, the weight of my sin. I, I couldn't, I didn't even understand the weight of my sin. You know, as the summer is unfolding, you know, I started, you know, going back and I you know, was reading through the scriptures that this guy had left with me. And I was also reading a book I remember called Muscle and a Shovel, which mm-hmm. uh, actually helped to, to answer you know, some questions that I had as well. And, uh, you know, in reading that book and reading through the scriptures again, I realized, you know what, I, maybe I should give this another look. And so, uh, summertime ended and came back to Purdue, you know, sophomore year now, just somehow, I, I remember I, I was, uh, eating lunch or dinner in one of the dining courts. And I looked outside and I saw that church group, that same church group, was just outside on the lawn. They were setting up for some kind of event. And so seeing them there, I you know, I put my tray away and uh, went outside and I saw them there. And I, I went to uh, went up to that first guy that we'd said in the Bible with. And uh, I pulled him aside and said, hey, hey, can I talk to you? And he's like, yeah, sure. What, what, what's going on? And so we, uh, we stepped aside. And I said, look, I, I've been thinking, I need to get baptized. Mm. And that hurt to say, <laughs> let me tell you, mm. uh, like, there was a pain in my chest, like, like swallowing a horse pill, kind of, mm. like, you know, to admit, hey, I'm wrong, you're right, kind of thing. That, yeah. that hurt. <laughs> it's, it's a humbling experience, I think, because, you know, like you said, you know, you were trying to hold on to your roots. Like you, fe- you, you felt slash knew that you were in the right. It's very hard to step away from something like that. Yeah, and uh, yeah, like I said, it, it just like I, I, was, I was shaking. It was <laughs> that was such a big pill to swallow. 
you know, it was <laughs> tough to say that. But I, I got that out. I said it, and you should have seen his face. Like he was just completely blown away. Because <laughs> from his perspective, we hadn't talked at all over the summer, and you know, since you know, halfway since the past semester. And I just come up out of the blue, you know, to this random event they were having. You know, just walk up and say, "Hey, I want to get baptized." What? <laughs> I've been like, uh, "Hold up, yeah." There's a whole bunch of steps that are in play here. So uh, yeah, he we went ahead and we set up another uh, couple. Uh, sessions to get together and just to see, hey, what happened over the summer? Like, why, why did he want to? What changed? Right? <laughs> and yeah. uh, I'd be asking. He was roommates with the other guy that you know I was sitting with, and uh, on the way back from that event, uh, you know, I, I wouldn't miss out on the fact. Uh, you know, he's driving back and he says to the other guy, "Oh, hey, by the way, Joseph wants to get baptized." What do you mean, Joseph wants to get baptized? <laughs> 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 yeah, what, what do you mean, by the way? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And so, like I said, we, we did a couple follow-up studies to make sure, hey, I knew what I was getting into and make sure that, uh, you know, I, I really did want to go through with that. And I remember mm-hmm. we ended up meeting, you know, it was a Wednesday, you know, September. You know, I was in the student union building there. You know, the campus minister was there at this point, and he asked me, so, so Joseph, when do you want to get baptized? I said, well, mm-hmm. I don't know, I guess as soon as possible, right? I said, oh, mm-hmm. well, how about tonight? I was like, oh, um, sure, well, why not? <laughs> and <laughs> did he wait? Was he also there when you were um, doing your first studies? I mean, he, he, he popped in on a few. Like, I, I, I met him a few times, but uh, he, he so wasn't he on just, every. He was able to just tell that you were ready. Like, he knew that you were serious about it. Yeah, yeah. And like I said, we, we did a few follow up studies after I said I wanted to be. So, and, and he was in on those. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, and then he said, yeah, so yeah, let's just do it tonight. And, you know, that was around noon on a Wednesday. And so, uh, when, you know what, 11 o'clock at night uh, in, a, in a creek down by the Wabash River, uh, I, I got baptized. Jeez, after all that. After all that. Oh, my gosh. It's yeah. like, like, you know, for, for, for most, I guess, testimony stories that I hear, it's the it's the rigmarole of you know hearing oh i was you know like lost i was sinful i was doing this doing that and then this person reached out to me and i found god and it was a straight path to to baptism you know like that's like the, that's the majority of stories that i hear <laughs> from what i can hear here it's like you know coming back going forth being humbled you know starting off of course and then coming back you know uh taking the time and then of course as you said Hundreds of dead chickens to really, <laughs> to really, you know, knock you back into reality. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, it, wow. yeah that, that, that was a tough summer. It really did help to humble me out because I, I mean, I was exhausted coming home from work and then uh, seeing this, I was just physically, mentally, just spiritually exhausted because you know, yeah, during that summer I was I had to work on Sundays and stuff, so I, I was just I, I was a mess. And <laughs> So after all that, what do you feel like your takeaway experience was? Your takeaway lesson? A takeaway lesson. I mean, I, I learned a lot about humility during that, for sure. And going through that process of metanoia and, and dealing with my pride, uh, that, that, that was a, that was another thing you know, down the line. It's like, well, how do I be open about my sins? And, you know, I remember the first time I ended up having, you know, having a one-on-one conversation, you know, to confess, you know, my sins, you know, after I became a disciple. And that was another tough conversation, right? 
is I, I was so pretty prideful and you know I felt afraid and kind of ashamed that someone's going to know that I sinned you know mm. and it's like yeah. you know, what if they'll judge me for the sin or you know what if you know, how, how's that going to affect things and mm. like, I, I, I was so afraid of that I actually I couldn't say it I actually had to kind of write it on the paper and slide it across the table you want to confess here no 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 I'm, I'm just kidding <laughs> Wait, so, so I guess, what do you feel like was the spark that made you feel like it was okay to, you know, to say how you, to, to, to really confess your sin? Well, I mean, I, I learned that uh, if, you, if you've made that decision to make Jesus Lord of your life, that uh, there should be no fear and no, no condemnation. Mm-hmm. And that, uh, you know, in James, it tells us to confess our sins to one another so that we can pray for one another and help each other to to move on from these sins and to grow from that. And it was a, it, it was a tough lesson to have. And once I was able to break through that first time, first, like that, taking that first step to say, hey, I was wrong, you were right, to slide that paper across the table, you know, taking those first steps really helped shatter that wall of pride and that wall of fear that, uh, you know, had been blockers in my life. And it, once those walls had been shattered, there was so much more room to grow. And it feels good, you know. So mm-hmm. after you were baptized, I'm sure that you had, you know, friends before your baptism that were not disciples, of course, and they could probably care less about Christianity and all that, you know, all, mm-hmm. all the mumbo jumbo like that they call it. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you feel like their reaction to your baptism was? Like I mentioned before, I was a, uh, you know, I, I was a bit of a band geek. You know, I, I was in you know, the March band you know, all four years of college. And honestly, yeah, Dude's got a great band. I loved the experience, but uh, it just felt like uh, the relationships weren't as close necessarily. You know, they, they still, you know, accepted me because, hey, you're part of the band, you're cool. But it felt like it, it was harder to connect to people because they wanted to go off and do their own things. It's, it's like, hey, we got a party this weekend. You want to come? Yeah, not really. <laughs> yeah, so it, it just, it, it didn't feel as uh, close, if that makes any sense. Uh, you know, I tried inviting them out to church as well and stuff, and none of them ever really... Was it used to be yes, or a yeah, no? Yeah, no, no, no. no from, <laughs> from most of them there. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, and uh, I mean, a lot of them like, hey, you know, great for you, Joseph, but yeah, look, I got my own stuff, so I'm not, I'm not interested. Well, it's good to hear that they at least didn't like try to, you know, push you away or anything. That's, I think that that's very encouraging to hear because that's honestly not the, the 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 average experience from those that get baptized. Usually, it's more hostile than that. But I think that you were very fortunate. Yeah, I mean, um, I'm, I'm not your average Joe, so <laughs> not your average Joseph either. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so you know, I'm I'm glad to hear about you know your your journey towards baptism. I'm so glad to hear about your testimony and um, how you came to become you know who you are today in Christ. It's uh, it's always great to hear these. Honestly, you know, and, and I'd never heard the full story, um, of course, personally, but I've heard it now, and I can kind of start to put you know the puzzle pieces together from like you know other things that you've told me. So things are 
really makes any sense of it for me. Um, but after, you know, all we've talked about today and uh, mostly just pertaining to your journey um, as a, as a Christian, if there's one important lesson that you feel like you learned in your journey as a, you know, pre-disciple and as a disciple as you are now, what do you feel like that, that would be? You know, the, the one thing that I've, <clears throat> that, that I've learned, uh, I, I was uh, taught this by, by one, one of the uh, men in the church there at Purdue, that the, that the surest way to commit spiritual suicide is to stop reading your Bible. Because, because faith comes from hearing the Word of God. And where do we have the Word of God? It's in our Bible. And, you know, just that here, you know, that, that's always stuck with me, that uh, in order to keep growing, you know, we need to keep investing in the Word of God. And... Uh, you know, there's, there's a verse that uh, I like to go to, which echoes on this point of how do we grow spiritually from there. So with, with that idea of how faith being the cornerstone of, in uh, 2 Peter 1, verse 5 through 3, sorry, 2 Peter 1, starting in uh, verse 5, it says, For this reason, make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue, and virtue with knowledge, with knowledge self-control, self-control with steadfastness, and steadfastness with godliness, and godliness with brotherly affection, and brotherly affection with love. For if these qualities are yours, and in increasing measure, they'll keep you from being ineffective or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now for whoever lacks these qualities is so nearsighted that he is blind, having forgotten that he was cleansed from his former sins. Therefore, brothers, be all the more diligent to confirm your calling and election. For if you practice these qualities, you will never fall. So if you want a step-by-step guide, that, that is how we grow as disciples, right there. And it's not meant to be a checklist here. No, I can't, I can't say, okay, hey, you know, got faith done, check, what's next? Okay, virtue, hey, I have done good, good deeds. I, some, I check, it was knowledge, okay. Yep. You know, it, it's, each thing is growing in measure. And, you know, how does all the circle back? It comes from reading word of God. Without that, you're you're going to commit spiritual suicide if you're if you cut yourself off from the word of God. I think that that's one of the lessons that I've been able to teach myself in my journey with Christ that the consistency of how often you read your Bible and you pray has a profound effect on who you are, on what your overall uh, uh, outlook is on life or on uh, situations on who you meet and your, uh, your, I guess your, your personality, um, how it comes off to them, what things you attract, what things you're able to manifest, uh, you know, in your life and how much success, you know, you're able to find not like, not directly worldly success, of course, but just happiness, I guess this fall be a better word, uh, to use here. Yeah, the consistency of, of reading your Bible and making sure that not only are you just trying to read it every day, but you're understanding it every day is so powerful. It's something that I have mentioned, I think, on like many other episodes before, too, that you have to understand what you're reading and not be like the Ethiopian eunuch and just be silent. You know, you have, I mean, I thank God, you know, like he was approached, of course, but I think that we have to do our part when we don't understand what we're reading to 
be more forthcoming than the Ethiopian eunuch and actually go out and ask for help, ask for clarification of what we're reading. And it makes all the difference. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah. So, I mean, I'm, I'm glad that you mentioned that. I, I, I really like that, that, um, that point there. So with, after everything that we talked about today, I think that it was absolutely great. I think that, uh, like I said before, I've gotten such a, 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 a deeper look into um, who you are as a person. But um, I just wanted to ask you a final question. This is a question that I pretty much just ask to everyone um, before we end the, the episode. But if you can go back in time, right, and talk to yourself on the day that you first became a disciple, which was, I guess, uh, like you said, September 14th, or was it, sorry, September 16th of 2015. Yeah. Um, what advice do you feel like you would give yourself? That's a great question. I, I don't think I fully understood the commitment that I made on that day. And so to, to go back and to just let them know, hey, you know, this is a lifelong commitment that you're making here. And, uh, you know, that's uh, to understand that there's so much more to grow in and to encourage that because uh, you know, I've, I've been in situations, you know, after, after becoming a disciple where I've lived two hours away from the nearest church. And so, so I've had to make that drive to have that kind of a commitment now it, it's uh, you know it, it was tiring nowadays with COVID everything's online so that makes things you know, much more easier yeah. to attend to but uh, uh, I, I had to uh, be able to reach out and you know find you know find those disciples to help me get through those times where I was you know, physically separated from you know, from each other and all in all I think that that's uh, you know, just having that commitment and you know unwaveringness will help the most. Yeah. To be unwavering and to make sure that you're always prioritizing those commitments and those relationships uh in the in, in, in the church because those are the strongest ones that you're ever really gonna have. It's powerful, man. Well, thank you so much for being on this episode with me. I, I'm so sure that there's going to be so many people who are going to be able to learn from, um, you know, what you went through, and uh, hopefully not be as uh, <laughs> hard headed uh, when they when, when they're going through their studies. And um, yeah, I think that you're going to be a great example to a lot of people, man. Well, thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. All right, that wraps up today's episode of the Chosen People Podcast. Please make sure to share this episode with someone you think would benefit from what we talked about today. If you're listening on Spotify, make sure to follow this podcast and never miss a new episode. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts or anywhere else, make sure to subscribe as well. This episode is just minutes of your time wasted if you only listen. So if you haven't already, I strongly encourage you to use what was taught today and apply it to your lives. And a quick reminder to you all. No matter what religion or race or creed or gender you are, you are loved by God. It's corny, I know, but it will always be true. He cares for you. And no matter what happened yesterday, we are a new creation in him today. Thank you so much for listening. I'll be back next week with a new episode. And as always, spread love and live chosen. <laughs>